mean, there's so many places we could start. I feel like I learned a lot about you just in the stuff you sent me. Like, I feel like we have more in common in our work than I realized. Um, but maybe just coming off of what we're just talking about, since you're like in this new environment, I was thinking about like the end of the work you showed me was like landscapes, which maybe was not actually the end of your work in general, but it was like the end of your work when we met like a year ago. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting. And I'm curious if your new spot will be inspiring for that maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I definitely started like before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of like road landscapes specifically because yeah. I got really in to, I don't really know why I got into roads so much, but I really like roads. I think I've always drawn roads and then I really, I had to install this um, D'Archangelo painting who he did like roads, do you know oh. him? No, Dar D'Archangelo? When is, where yeah. is that, when is that work from? Oh, I want to say it's the 50s. It's like very like pop minimalist. It could oh. be a little lady. Oh, I think I saw one in your paint school presentation has got just like a road and like a sign yeah yeah, yeah. he like did a lot of like texaco and then like yeah. all black canvas yeah um so i had to install that and then i just started doing more and more roads and i was doing that for a while and then um i don't know once covid hit i kind of stopped uh-huh with, with the roads and with the landscapes so i don't know maybe I like look out onto a landscape now and I like thought, oh, maybe I'll like paint my view, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Well, you have time. <laughs> I yeah. actually kind of started making some landscapes during the pandemic, but um, which was like a surprise to me, but I, I don't feel, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to see where that goes, but I never thought I would make a landscape in my life, but now here I am. <laughs> Were you like craving the great expanse maybe? Well, I think it came out of like a thing. I was doing really long walks to this reservoir near my house, which is very beautiful and almost feels like it's not in New York. So I feel like it kind of came out of that, but also maybe I did get really into Milton Avery this year. Nice. Um, yeah, who I think was that was that also in your presentation? Yeah, I yeah. love Milton Avery. Yeah, me too. Um, also Marsden Hartley. Yeah, so great. I bought a book of theirs this year when I was. I did take one trip to Chicago, and I bought this book that's really beautiful of their work. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um. But okay, maybe another kind of softball question, but um, <laughs> um, I, well, until today, I thought you weren't on social media and I thought that was cool and admirable, but then I realized you mm -hmm. are, but just in like a low key way. Um, mm -hmm. But I was wondering, yeah, just your thoughts on that and if it helps you like to kind of focus on your work and not think about dumb stuff or... <laughs> um I mean yeah I mean part of me doesn't really like social media that much I think it's more of a distraction than a like yeah. way to check out but then also like it's really helpful like when I started doing like drawings every day 
it, I found, like, I posted them on Instagram, mm-hmm. and it made it kind of like I had someone to be accountable to, even though it was, like, my very, very small amount of followers. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, it was, like, and most of them, the people who, like, would comment if I missed a day were the people I worked with, because they all were following. And so it was, like, it made me have to um, be accountable. And so I found it helpful in that way. Yeah. But, then, but I stopped doing that. Like, I don't continue to do that. And it's yeah. been a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, social media, I mainly feel like it's just, like, a funny joke. I don't know. It's also, like, really... I think maybe not so much anymore, but like, I feel like it would make me anxious and like have FOMO. Yeah. I mean, it does. Mm -hmm. I stopped using it in like mid January and I felt amazing, but then I Mm -hmm. caved since I felt like I needed to tether myself to society still a bit or something. (laughs) Like, I mean, it seems, I felt like, yeah, I definitely felt better without it, but then in this weird kind of, uh I don't know the community has been so fractured by the current times that I felt like I needed some kind of semblance of it yeah I mean it was extremely helpful during like all the rioting and protests like I got all my updates from there I mean I mainly am on Twitter I look at Twitter a lot Oh. Um, but I don't post. I yeah. just like read the news. Yeah. I like get my news from social media, mainly like Twitter and other. Yeah. I guess Twitter is like the main one and like some newspapers that I follow. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. doing that for a bit. It's interesting how different Twitter is than Instagram. Like it's um, much more like raw or something. Like I feel like Instagram is all like the facade and the like what you want people to think about you and then Twitter's like the raw like thoughts that maybe you wouldn't share if you weren't anonymous or I don't know or not only but <laughs> totally yeah I think it's more like uh it's less shock and awe and more just like straightforward like this is what I'm thinking right now yeah I don't know but maybe it is- it's because there's no pictures yeah exactly like something about that it's just like because it, yeah, it can only really be the content or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as I say that, I'm like, oh, people do definitely post pictures on Twitter. But it's not like the same, like there isn't like a bragging thing going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Which it's, I think happens. In fact, I feel like if you are bragging, people would like tear you down and like rip it up, like just like scathingly like talk about it and tweet about it. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I don't know. But. I guess it depends what section you're in of it or something. But yeah, totally. It also, it's also crazy that Twitter has like so many. I feel like there's like different. Um, you can go into different Twitter worlds. And exactly. I don't know if you can do that in Instagram or. I mean, yeah. I don't even go on Facebook anymore. So I don't know. Yeah. Then, yeah, Facebook's a whole nother realm with this. I feel like I associate with like boomers or something. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how they just like took it over? Like it was like, like I don't know what year it happened, but suddenly like all of our parents are yes. on Facebook. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know when it happened either, but it definitely yeah. It's like for it's like for people that maybe want to get in like arguments with their friends and family, but not the larger public or something. 
I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Or just like scream into the void. I don't know. I felt like when last time I checked in, it was a lot of like disgruntled like paragraphs and long <laughs> kind of writing about things. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've been looking at Facebook Marketplace because I've been trying to buy a truck. Oh. And that's been actually really helpful. It's kind of like slowly turning into Craigslist. I mean, it's not slowly, it's already there, but. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That seems useful. (laughs) (laughs) Is Is that a painting of your future truck in the back of you? No, I mean, it is of a car, but it's not, I don't think it's my future truck. I'm hoping to have a manual transmission, and I think think that's automatic, although I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know, but I, that's cool. Like, so, okay, so here's a good transition point. Um, Like, yeah, something, I was looking at all your work, um, and I feel like something I was noticing is like, there is often a POV style composition where you kind of put the viewer in I must kind of your footsteps, I guess I'm saying, or I guess it becomes an ambiguous space. But like, yeah, I feel like you kind of put us, it's like you're putting us in your body kind of or in your point of view. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think I've actually ever thought about this, but yeah, I think almost all of my like uh, non-abstract works are definitely like POV and kind of like RPG, like role-play game mm-hmm. view. Um, I'm, I play video games and I think I, when I think about setting up a composition, I'm thinking of it in like a, like not necessarily my body, but you are the character. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I feel like it, I feel like I have that, I feel like I've had that impulse before too, although not from video games, but um, yeah, I feel like it sets up a really activated kind of situation. Like you're kind of implicating us or making it, um, I don't know, it kind of, it forces a kind of like feeling in a way. Yeah, I mean, that's good to hear. That's, I think, what I'm going for. Like, I definitely am wanting to convey an experience and a feeling and put yeah. the viewer into that, so. Yeah, have you- I also just think it looks better, what? Yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> do you play games a lot? Like, do you feel like that has been an aesthetic influence throughout your journey? Yeah, definitely. I think I sent you an image of my Animal Crossing character. Yeah, okay. Although I didn't know, I don't know enough about Animal Crossing to know what that was. I knew it looked like something digital, but okay. What's up with, so you can, and then did you, can you, so it said like ACAB or something and. ACAB, all cops are bastards. Yeah. (laughs) Like, can you kind of, how much can you customize your characters and stuff? Just like you can like fully customize almost everything. And like, so I got, so as the pandemic started, I found out I wasn't going to have to go to work for like an unknowable amount of time. And I feel like I was just like, uh, you know, I feel like we all had a moment of like, kind of like depression and then like, what are we going to do? What's happening? 
And then I decided that I wanted to get Animal Crossing. It had like just released and Animal Crossing for like, I guess you, like it's a major game. It's like really yeah, popular. I, I hear people talk about, I just don't really understand it, but yeah, yeah. this is good for me. But so like, it was like hard to get like this Nintendo Switch system, like fully sold out. Like you couldn't oh. get it. People were like paying like triple the price. And so then I finally got one like months later, right as the protests started. And it was just like a really good escape. Like I could just go into the Animal Crossing world and like I like made a bunch of like protest signs that I could like set up around my house. <laughs> like I made like the shirt that had like the all caps cops are bastards and like yeah. Wait, and you can just you, like design when, it all. When you say your house, you mean in the video game? Yeah, yeah. So I was like protesting. I was like yeah. protesting in the video game. Okay, yeah. interesting. It's like funny that it was an escape, but you were still bringing all of that in, kind of. Also, yeah. I it is weird because I was like I was going to protests, and then I would like come home or like before going to the protest, I was just like making my little signs on Animal Crossing. <laughs> Um, but it's like yeah. in the image you sent, there was like no one and nothing around, really. So, like, maybe it was like more of a solitudinal protest or something. Kind of, yeah. I mean, people can visit your islands. Mm. So, like, you can have friends come and join, and like, you can go to a person's island with your little sign, which I did a couple times. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it, it's it's a strange game. Like, it's like also very capitalistic. Like, you uh -huh. just like. You're like mining natural resources basically to like build your house and get money. And then you have to take out a loan to like build up your village. But it like everything is so cutesy and like cutesified. It just yeah. is very calming. Like you can have a protest and it feels so nice and cute. <laughs> Maybe it's because there's like actually no cops or there's not, there's not actually the entity that you're fighting against yeah. there. Yeah, it's just you and your animal friends and your yeah. friends from other islands. Mm -hmm. That's cool. <laughs> it was nice, yeah. Um, that seems like a kind of an interesting but opposite parallel to like your meditation practice or is that like, I mean, although I've heard people say in video game playing that it is like kind of like the same mental state as meditation and that you're focusing so much? Um, I definitely think that there are similarities in the way that you um, kind of can leave your body in a sense. Mm -hmm. But I also, I think it's so different. I mean, everyone's practice is different, obviously, but like for me, sitting is like oftentimes extremely painful mm -hmm. um unless I've been like stretching a lot and then it's like not as hard to sit mm -hmm. um and it just doesn't I don't know I don't think I'm as focused when I'm playing a video game as when I'm meditating like I feel like when I'm meditating I'm like extremely focused yeah um and like very present um for a long time until almost the end of my sit and then I'm kind of less present and I'm more like flowing through my body and I'm able to like relax more but like at the yeah I don't most of the time it's like only briefly that I feel the 
the let go and like relaxness of that, like Animal Crossing, for instance, gives me within the first <laughs> minute of playing, you know? Yeah, that's funny. But maybe that's kind of the point too, in a way. It's like you're practicing to not let things kind of disturb your mind or something. Is that, how do you think about it? Yeah, I think of it as like a complete zone out. It's mm-hmm. just like, you literally can just zone out and not have to confront anything except for your little whatever you're doing village playing Zelda whatever (laughs) oh you mean in the game I meant in meditation oh I'm like (laughs) sorry I feel like as soon as I think about video games it's like really (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were gonna say like you don't have to confront anything except for like yourself or whatever oh no I think meditation is so difficult I mean yeah it brings it's a it's I think it's a hard it's a hard practice I think um at least it always has been for me you know it's it's nice it's very rewarding and I think after I'm done doing my sit I do feel much lighter and I feel like more focused and like more driven and I can like I know the things I need to get done and I feel way less anxious about it. But while I'm in the sit, it's like, you know, my mind's going everywhere. Like it takes a while to get quiet. And then like, just like I do body scanning. Mm. And so, you know, like going through the process of like, it feels usually feels really nice to like scan my face and head and like my shoulders. But then like, I have so much tension still. Mm-hmm. in like my back and my legs and it's just like really painful for like like I said like almost until the end of the sit mm-hmm. and then then there's some niceness but uh yeah it's hard it's it's hard yeah and you sit well you've I know you've done like long like 10 day silent meditation retreats but um on a daily basis are you sitting for like a long time also I try when I sit and try and do an hour mm-hmm. um, That's a long time I guess so yeah I think <laughs> when I started meditating I just like went directly into a 10-day silent course <laughs> and like <laughs> it was a bit extreme yeah I mean I think that's not uncommon but it is it is extreme definitely but I yeah yeah but so I never like d- did shorter sits. I didn't mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. So an hour is a shorter sit to you. <laughs> yeah, that's like the shortest. Yeah, like I didn't realize you could do like a 15 minute sit or like. Yeah, like, that's mm-hmm. what I do more. I mean, I think I've maybe the longest I've done is like three hours or something. But yeah, it does get it can be very painful just physically. Yeah. I mean, I think once you, you know, I've, I think the first, the first time I did that course, it was like, I want to say five years ago or so. And like, it still hurts for me. So <laughs> yeah, it's a lifelong thing. Yeah. Um, but have you done a 10 day silent? No, I was, ironically, I was supposed to do a couple weekends retreats before the pandemic started and then I was like oh my whole life's a fucking meditation retreat now (laughs) so (laughs) I don't feel as much of a pull towards it 
to be honest right now but um but yeah I mean it was interesting I feel like I was maybe challenged in similar ways because I live alone and like and that some of that was really good but some of it was very challenging and scary and weird <laughs> but I feel like I came out the other side actually like I feel like I do have a far greater capacity for solitude actually yeah I mean I guess we kind of are all forced to yeah <laughs> did you do any kind of like daily schedule to like help structure well I did well, this started before the pandemic, but I have also been doing a daily drawing practice for like, I don't know, um, I guess a year and a half or so, maybe a little longer, um, which I know, yeah, you also do, or when did you start that? Um, I want to say like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's so, I find it really joyous. Yeah, me too. No, yeah, I felt like it was incredible in terms of, yeah, just being like very meditative, but also like, it's crazy to look at my first drawings compared to my drawings now. Like, it's just insane how much further I progressed and stuff. And yeah, it's really crazy how you see your style change. Are Mm -hmm. you doing like a, like, are you doing like a, a drawing of something, like a study, or are you just like drawing freeform? What are you doing? I do a lot of still lives of like, well, I guess they're not necessarily still lives because I do my cat a lot and I do flowers and I've done other like little views in my apartment. Less so do I do just from my imagination, although I feel like I would like to do that too. Like, I feel like it'd be cool if I did both every day, but I haven't done that yet. Yeah, um, but the drawing from observation is so pleasurable. Like it's it is like meditation in that you're just completely kind of lose track of everything else, and it feels really alive and stuff. That's cool that you can feel that way. I I struggle with that. really. Yeah, like I've never done. I never do. My goal recently is to like start doing like like still lives or like trying to draw people. Cause like, I really, I just, um, it doesn't come naturally to me. It's not something that I find like I can get get really into and just like lose myself. Mm, Interesting. I wonder, um, like pretty much all of my drawings are made with ink, which was a real game changer for me. Like Mm -hmm. something, I don't know, like I was forced to learn to draw in undergrad and I, felt resistance to it but then I think partly it was because of like using like really tight things like charcoal well charcoal's not that tight but I hated how it felt in my hands and like pencil though is so tight and then ink is so like loose and luxurious and I don't know (laughs) it was helpful for me yeah to get into it yeah but that's I admire kind of your style of just like it's totally unpremeditated and from your imagination yeah I mean I I definitely love doing that and it's I feel like the longer I do it the better I get at at just being okay with whatever I'm doing Mm -hmm. which I think took a long time to get comfortable with um 
But at this point, mm-hmm. I was like, I've never taken a drawing class. You know, I've never. Really? Yeah, I never learned the the technical whatever foundations. I think that's um, cool. <laughs> like, I, I guess. Mean, <laughs> I don't well, know. I, I like want to. You want to. Yeah. Well, I feel, yeah. I feel you. I mean, when I. I would like, I wouldn't mind knowing more other like painting techniques and stuff now that I kind of never learned, but yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about your, um, your like schooling or non-schooling. Did you go to school for any art thing or did you, are you, yeah. I did. Yeah, I did. Um, I went to school for photography, mm-hmm. but my program was very, uh, like kind of fine art conceptual. So I basically ended up just doing like video and performance and like mm-hmm. kind of strange photography things mm-hmm. but I never I never did a drawing class or a painting class oh because they kind mm-hmm. of separate those out from like it's like photo video versus like fine art or whatever yeah like we were all in the same school we like were in the school of art um, but I didn't have to take, like, I took a ceramics class. I took a glass class. Like I know all, like I make neon. <laughs> oh, wow. And like, it's like a random thing. I don't know how I ended up like taking ceramics and glass and somehow didn't have to take drawing and painting. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, it was, a, I think I had a weird experience in that way because I, I didn't even take like color theory which I think I mean I took like digital color theory but like not you know um I don't know I feel like it's I don't know I guess there's a part of me that feels like if you can get away without it that's great because I don't know I think it's actually I teach some I teach a graphic design class now and I and part of it's supposed to be like color and composition but I feel like color is really hard to teach and I'm not interested in looking at it like scientifically at all so mm-hmm. like I don't even know what can be taught like in a way I feel like the only really way to learn is to just use it and try things out but I mean I definitely think using it and trying it out has made me learn a lot mm-hmm. but like I think also from like taking on this very like serious painting and drawing practice I've like realized how much I don't know and like how much it would mm-hmm. benefit me to have like these foundation skills like just like knowing like um I forget what it's called like the opposite the color opposite oh yeah like complementary colors complementary colors and just like different hues and tones like what's gonna make something like shadows like how shadows are always warm and highlights are always cool mm-hmm. I didn't know that for so long I don't and like, think I knew that till right now. <laughs> <laughs> but like I've seen a difference. Like I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos mm. on like foundational techniques or whatever. And it's like, like improved my practice. Like I feel like instead of like, like make like trying over and over to get the, the mm. I want, it's like, oh yeah, I just have to pick this color and then I don't have to try all these other colors. Uh, that makes get sense. There. Yeah, I think also it's like that stuff works best when you know how you want to use it. Like sometimes I think when you learn it just in the abstract, it's like, I don't know, it feels weird. But that, yeah. yeah. 
I totally agree. I feel like I, I know like what I want to do with it. And so it makes me know how to use it or use it the way I want to use it. Yeah. I just need to learn all the things that I realize I'm missing. Yeah. So were you, so you were doing all this performance and video stuff. Were you, so were you not painting and drawing on your own then or, or how, when did that? Yeah, no, I was like, um, I mean, through, from like very, and very early age until probably like high school, I would like draw cartoons. I was like really into anime mm-hmm. and I wanted to like make a graphic novel, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but then I got into video and just like kind of stopped and then went to art school and did photo. And like for some of my performance stuff, I would like, I would make these like elaborate sets. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to like paint out scenery or like, like I would make a lot of props and then paint them, but not, but that's it, you know, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing like a, a full painting. Um, and then I didn't do that again for a long time um, until I started, and then I just started drawing because mm. um, I wanted like something to do. I feel like I didn't have a studio and I was kind of like tired of um, not like making stuff, not having like a daily practice where I felt like I was like producing something. Mm-hmm. And then I started working as an art handler. So I was just like around all these paintings and around all these drawings. And it made me be like, oh, this is like something I can do. It's like really small. I can do it in my apartment. I don't have to like go to some like big room and like perform this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just started loving it. And like the tactility of it, like all the mediums, I don't know. I just really got into it. Yeah, it's cool. I feel like you, well, like I saw the images from this show you did that seemed like maybe the culmination of some of the, was that kind of the culmination of the early process of getting into that at Gertrude? Yeah, that was like a a showing of a whole year's worth of drawings mm-hmm. for one, like just one consecutive year. And yeah, that was really fun. I mean, it feels like you had a very consistent style in a way, like right out the gate of doing that, or at least when I look at them, there there feels like a real sense of yourself and like an honesty to them. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I saw like my style definitely really changed, but I think it just, I just grew more confident in that year, those drawings specifically. Um, but yeah, I think also making them with the idea that no one will ever see these, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like literally something like at one point it was like, this is like my therapy. Like I can just go in and get everything out in this drawing and like, just have like uh, an hour of like whatever playing around or like being mad at the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that made it way easier to just like not care and not try. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Which is kind of the, um, I feel, I'm curious what you think, like, I feel like that's kind of the double-edged sword, if that's the right metaphor for for that. Like, I feel the same way when I draw, but then 
often that think that makes a really good drawing and then you want to show it and like I feel like there's a weird tension between keeping that like um integrity or sanctity and then realizing it's actually really good or something well so this is actually when I used Instagram I Mm. posted those drawings every day Mm -hmm. and so I think that's also how I got around the like um, like, oh, like, is this good enough to show? Or like, oh, I really like this one. I want to show it. But it kind of like, it like made it a level playing field. It, like it didn't matter if it was right. good. Exactly. Because I was going to post it and get my like 12 likes or like four <laughs> likes or whatever and like move on, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, when, you, when you did show them, did you edit some out or was it like the best of or it was just all of them it was all of them for just that one year so it was mm-hmm. like uh, it was like 365 drawings no edits mm-hmm. I feel like editing it out just like you can't really do that it's like you can't take out a day of your diary yeah whatever, exactly you know? it yeah. is what it is yeah I mean it almost like takes out well it it feels like it almost became like they're all a one piece kind of like, it almost kind of takes out that sense of like comparing them or something. At least when I looked at it in the documentation, like they feel like they all kind of merge into, like they all look good. They all look amazing together and I kind of don't even need to like judge each one separately or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was really, different to see them all laid out like that because I hadn't actually laid them out um fully ever until then because like I I make a stack there's like a stack back here Mm -hmm. and like they just stay in the stack um Mm -hmm. so it definitely like seeing them all together as one it definitely makes it look like just a big quilt but yeah I guess I haven't really thought about it since then have it, is the stack like you like kind of to not really review them to just kind of keep going forward or something? Honestly, it's just for storage reasons at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like easier. Yeah. Um, it's funny because like when I moved out here, like I've been here for like a month, and a, around a month and a half now. Mm-hmm. But like unpacking my studio, I got rid of a lot of stuff. But then I also like had all these drawings and I started to go through like just the top of the stack. And I was like, oh yeah, like these are like, this is really good. And this one is horrible. And it's like, (laughs) it was fun to like look back because I I forget about them. Yeah, totally. I feel like it's almost like writing down your dreams or something. Like you are in this other place in a way when you're there. I don't know. Yeah. It's really strange. It, it really is like recording, um, yeah, like a dream or like a diary entry because like I, I'll like go back through and look at one and like I like can remember like that day or like what was like why I did that. Like often they're like have something to do with something I was thinking of at that moment or that day. And so it's that's kind of fun. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting how like I remember you saying that when we had our paint school introduction that you think of your work like a diary and I felt I feel that way as well um maybe not in exactly the same way but I 
yeah, I've often described my work that way too. Um, but maybe like in a way it feels like you are actually, you know, it feels like maybe more of a diary even for you in the sense that it is like every day and you are reflecting on your day and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's also like, I mean, for the drawings, it's like that, but for my other work, it's like, I don't really think of it as diaristic, but I'm sure like that feeling transfers over. Yeah. I, I, I like don't really like thinking of like, uh, I don't know, like work as like completely being about like oneself. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, I definitely fall into there. Yeah, well, I think that's what is good about your work. Like, it, it it feels very personal, but also very universal in a way. Like, it kind of, um, I feel the sense that you are reflecting on specific things, but it leaves a lot of room for other people, like, to insert themselves into that or to feel their own things about that. Mm. Um do you have any thoughts about like how you do that or or how that happens or if it's conscious or unconscious? I don't know. I mean, I think part of it is definitely um, unconscious because I honestly don't think that much about the image I'm about to make mm-hmm. unless it's specific. Like, I think more like some of my figurative stuff, there's been a few times when I'm like very deliberate about the story I want to tell. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes I just like will like, um, I don't know, I'll like just like have an image that I am drawn to and so I'll make it, but I don't really think about why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it might not have anything to do with whatever's going on for me. <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know, they're like fantasies, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they feel like, a lot of them, the landscapes are a little more like anchored in like some kind of gravity or realistic mm-hmm. space, but most of them feel kind of in this ambiguous space that is more like, yeah, feels like a fantasy space or a kind of imaginary space. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think most of my, um, most of the things I'm drawn to are very like fantasy based when I'm thinking about things I want to create. And like, I think that ties through in like all of my work, even when I was performing, it was like all complete fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find, I think I always just want to like uh, partially remove myself from reality a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the performance work you had like, some cowboy characters, um, which seems, mm-hmm. they would seem kind of like a bit funny and inept or something. Um, where did, where do you think that that came from? <laughs> I mean, that was like, I mean, I was so young. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think I was just like, really, I mean, so growing up, my dad, was very obsessed with cowboys. We had like full on like felted, like steam shaped hats, uh-huh. and, like, boots and everything. 
And like, I grew up in like a rural town. And so like, just like the idea of being a cowboy, it was like always like very present mm. and like kind of like put on a pedestal. Um, and just like the over the top fantasy, like not like work wear cowboy wear, but like you're at the rodeo, like huge belt buckle, like really <laughs> shiny boots, like pristine hat type of yeah situation. And so I think that like always, um it like symbolized like a very specific like masculinity for me and I was like like it, like you know really trying to like fully become as like I just wanted to be a cowboy I don't know how else to <laughs> describe I think it, yeah I thought that, that was absurd and so why not do it and it, like kind of encapsulated like trying to become like this like American man and like like the dream and just like and I was really bad at it like in the videos I like try and yeah. do <laughs> cowboy things and I at one point I remember I was I used my dad's guns because my dad's like very into guns mm-hmm. and I like ended up breaking his gun because I was like trying to do the traditional like draw yeah <laughs> and you have to like spin the gun on its trigger like because it's faster than just like, I don't know, raising it up. I'm realizing no one's gonna be able to see these movements I'm doing. But like, anyways, I was like trying to like spin this fucking revolver on my finger and I ended up like flinging it across the room and it it broke the handle. That's very funny though. Like it's very slapstick actually. It's extremely slapstick, yeah. (laughs) There was Um, a moment too where you're doing the lasso and you kind of get it tangled in the light cord and which is also yeah. funny <laughs> yeah yeah I really enjoyed performing as a cowboy it was really fun but also like very specific yeah um, would you ever yeah. do it with an audience or would it be more kind of for the camera no I would do it for the camera or like the people that were there helping me mm-hmm. film it or like performing with me um, but then it would always just be a video I did one live performance where I was just like sitting in a set that I had made in this gallery, Mm -hmm. um, but only during like the opening. Mm -hmm. It's funny when you're describing the cowboy and like, I feel like we all kind of know it as this like masculine icon, but like there is like a kind of like drag element to it in a way of like all the like specific accessories and all that like there is a kind of like flamboyance or something to it definitely oh yeah so flamboyant and like so like I mean there's like high femme and like I think you can like picture what high femme is yeah I feel like high mask like people might think like super hard and rough tumble yeah. or whatever but like it's also like a fucking rodeo cowboy like, yeah it's just like like if you go to Texas or like somewhere in the south you know, they're like super dragged out as cowboys. <laughs> it's cool. Like I'm kind of into it. <laughs> I yeah. was, it reminds me of this thing what really stuck with me as a kid where like my dad told me that like ma- male birds were like the more colorful than females because they were like trying to attract their mates. And I like because of how, yeah, like femininity is in in our culture, like I, I just couldn't wrap my head around that. Like it didn't make sense to me. I was like, if I were the 
bird and I'm a girl, I would want to be the colorful one. Or I don't know. It just like uh-huh. kind of it, it flipped something out for me. And <laughs> yeah, it's I definitely had that same thought. I feel like when I was the first planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Had the bird dancings. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't watched that, but I get the. I feel like I get the vibe of it. Yeah, yeah. This is making me think of. There's that new show Bridgerton. Have I you heard about this? No. Um, it's a it's a period piece, and it was produced by Shonda Rhimes, who is. Do you know who she is? Yeah. She like produces, uh, or she produced How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like a big producer. Her shows always like garner a ton of money. Um, she's a black woman. Most of her shows have like a lot of, they focus on African-American people. Um, anyway, so she produced this show called Bridgerton and it's a period piece set in like the 18, it's like 1805 or 1810 or something. Um, but like all the male characters, it's like they're they're going to the balls. Uh-huh. And so like the women are dressed up in all these gowns, but the men are also like in these like ridiculous, it's like supposed to, it's like about uh this girl like trying to like get this like the duke or whatever, like mm-hmm. it's like romance style. And like so like the duke is always like flouncing into the scene <laughs> with like like the crazy like ruffly shirt and it's like yeah. um, it's funny it's a really funny take on uh or it's funny to see uh desirable masculinity yeah there's something yeah there's something funny about it (laughs) maybe just because we don't associate it or something yeah i guess i mean it's just crazy how much that has changed through the centuries yeah I love Timothy Chalamet. I feel like he's good at flouncing around. Yeah, he's a good flouncer. I wonder if he would like this show. It's good. <laughs> um, let me see with my notes. Um, um well, you sent me this um, one of your more recent works, which seemed like it was thinking about like the protests and things and there was like a figure that said stop killing us um I feel like most of your work seems like it isn't as specifically kind of pointed at a specific event but I feel like it worked really well in the context of that but I was thinking about just your thoughts on using politics and art. And I remembered our conversation about Robert Colescott, who I think is a really interesting political artist in the sense that he makes really challenging work that is not, that is both political and politically incorrect or something, or which I like a lot about it. And yeah, I don't know, just like thinking of all of those things. Yeah, I mean, the drawing you're talking about I made specifically there was the the protest in Folly Square where people were camping out Mm -hmm. and like you could bring artwork down and like hang it up Uh, so I made that poster 
um, thinking to bring it down there. It was like specifically for the protests. Oh. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think I felt really specifically, I mean, this year has really made me feel like really, um, I mean, it's made me feel a lot of different ways. It's like kind of like halted my art practice sometimes, but it's also like made me really motivated to make more work that speaks directly to like my own politics and things I think that are really important. Um, and yeah, like during the protests, I like made stuff directly speaking to that because it, I mean, it was so important and continues to be important. And I think I've always tried to address my political beliefs in my work, like even with the cowboy. I mm -hmm. mean, um, even though it's funny, I mean, I think humor is very important, but I think it also addresses some very serious things. Yeah. Um, and I think like Robert Colescott, I loved his work. And I think it's because like his paintings can like, they're like really not PC some people think they're like garish and they're like overly sexualized um but he like really especially as like a mixed race person I love that he like confronts that mm -hmm. and like in his work he does it in a way that like there's humor but it also like makes you think about society um and I th yeah I think it's really important I don't think an artist should ever be apolitical. Um, yeah. But like, I mean, Robert Colescott, I just, I, I could go on and on about him. He's just like, his story is so interesting. And like, he, uh, I just really love his style. And I feel like part of me, like Charles White, I love Charles White. Um, also a very political black artist. Um, and an amazing draftsman, like his work is just obviously incredible. But like, I think the feeling that Robert Colescott can get you to feel is like through his like messy abstract painting style and the fact that it's like so not PC and like there's humor and it's just like, what is going on? I think it's a more direct reflection of life. Yeah, that's what way. I like about it. Like, I mean, I agree. <laughs> like, I mean, I think all art is political, whether it, purports itself to be that or not, or even in its kind of denial of that. Oop, my cat's up here now. <laughs> um, oh, there we go, okay. Um, but yeah, I think what can be tricky about it is sometimes it's like, because the issues it might take on are so serious that it can be, overly serious or overly kind of predetermining a response to it. And I think that, yeah, what his work does. And I think what your work, like, I didn't know that was actually for a protest, but it, like, I feel like you touch on something while also having a lot of different qualities or some, I don't know, like it goes beyond just the words in the image and there's some, there's a place to kind of navigate around as a viewer rather than kind of just like, I don't know, like it, it has qualities of a protest sign, but it also is 
a really good painting. Yeah, I mean, I think of the thing that it, that I'm trying to that I try and do when I'm like making any work, and like I mean, that one I think was a good example of it. Is like, um, just like kind of a stacking narrative. Like it's not like I mean, I definitely put like in that specific work like there's like the Black Lives Matter trans flag and then there's like the stop killing us sign which mm -hmm. are like you know those are direct protest statements but then like adding in the characters around it and like making it more I don't know just visual I think it helps the viewer to not just see like these like screaming words and like bold type like blaring at you it like me and it also like gives you the context of like this is how people feel um yeah Maybe like that's it. Does, you know? Yeah, that's maybe it. Like it goes, I have, I get feeling from it more than just the words or, you know, the words are a part of that, but I, yeah, it helps me to actually feel something. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like the goal, or at least that's what I hope to do with all of my work. And I feel like that's what, um, I don't know, artwork should do. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I wish Robert Cole Scott got more fucking cred because. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, do you think that his, I mean, it seems like he's starting to now, unfortunately, after he's already passed away, but um, do yeah. you think that he didn't get as much cred because his work was more challenging and kind of like not nice or something or what? <laughs> Yeah, I definitely think he, um, I mean, for multiple reasons, I mean, I mean, he was a black man. I think that definitely made his work less approachable than someone like, um, God, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, he just had that show at the- Oh, Peter Saul. Peter Saul, mm -hmm. who like is a white man and painted really ridiculous, not uh, PC work, but like mm -hmm. got a lot of, I mean, he was never like crazy famous or whatever, but he got more credit than Robert Colescott um, for painting yeah. subjects that didn't really, you know, he probably shouldn't have been painting. Um, <laughs> some of them at least, some of them were just so, did you go to that show? No, I meant to, but then I never actually made it. I tried to go to a show uptown too, and then it was weirdly closed the day I went, but yeah. I, yeah. Did you go? I did. I mean, Peter saw I, his handling of, he is an amazing painter. His work is out of control mm -hmm. in terms of like how good it is, but I think his subject matter and his racism is like so bad. Um, and and it, that, and you think it's like, like I saw, I saw an image recently that seemed like there was some kind of, yeah, like stereotypical Viet Cong kind of like uh, exaggerated thing. And um, yeah, I wasn't I mean, sure what to make of it. Like if he was, yeah, but it did feel offensive kind of. Yeah. I mean, they're so offensive and it's like over the top offensive. Mm -hmm. um, and he kind of does it for across the board. It's like, um, like there were like definitely like indigenous images. There were black people. There were like Asian people. It was like in every room. I was like, holy shit, um, this is pretty bad. Uh, 
but also like the show stayed with me mm. in a really weird way. Like it's like it was so offensive that I was like, wow, like I can't believe I saw these things and they're so bad. And anyways, Robert Colescott also had images like that, although he was doing them from his own experience. So I think he was Yeah. Do you think that's the difference is like it was he was more implicating himself in these works than Peter Saul was? Yeah, I mean, that's my read of it. I mean, I don't know that much history of Peter Saul besides he's a white man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I I think that's all I really need to know when I'm looking at his paintings <laughs> to like, judge him. Because uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, but yeah, Robert Colescott, he was, it's like, you know, it's all about his womanizing and him not being accepted as white or black and having feelings about it, which, and I think that, you know, they were well done. And, um, I don't know, I forgot why we were talking about this, but. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess I forgot to, but I really like Robert, Robert Colescott too. And I don't feel offended by him actually, like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think I really also am drawn in because he's the first artist that like um, uh, just paints so nicely about uh, mixedness, which like, like I definitely identify as a black person, but it's also nice to like acknowledge like how it's a different experience when you're mixed and rather than just one or the other. Mm, do you- and I don't think- Oh, sorry, like, go ahead. Um, oh, no, I was going to say, I haven't seen many painters do that in terms of, like, painting about identity. Yeah, I can't, well, I, the only other person I can think of off the top of my head is Malin Blake, mm-hmm. but he's not painting also, he's, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like um, you want to make paintings about that, or, or you have already, but it's more submerged? I mean, I definitely have that one of the first paintings I made was called Mixed Feelings. Mm. And it's, I think I have it somewhere. Do you want, do you want to yeah. see it? Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's tiny. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I think it's really good. It's, it's the first oil painting I ever made. I love it. <laughs> um, but I definitely want to, I mean, I think this is the, uh, the conflict I have in my head about making work that's like too personal, that's like just me, um, and like making a more, a more broad, uh, I don't know, visual narrative. Yeah, and it seems like you've done kind of both ends of that spectrum, like, or at least there's some work that's really, like, seems like more specific and and kind of like, I don't know, there was one of, of the works you sent from your, from like a year ago where there was like a man holding two babies. Like there's a lot of, birth and babies actually which feels (laughs) which felt more like it had some story behind it and then there's a lot of other 
work that's more like body parts and colors and it's in a semi it's like fragmented body and kind of abstraction style yeah I definitely I mean the man and the babies was like definitely about my family and Mm -hmm. I had like a baby period Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure why but like yeah I think that's also why I do the weird it's not weird but like my perspective is often cut off Mm. or like you're like it's like POV it's because I think that's also my unconscious um attempt at like making it very personal but also totally taking myself out of it yeah um yeah some of the like I think I sent you a picture of there's like a birth moment but that was completely just random I don't know like an actual birth I don't know if I remember that maybe not um yeah but there you sent me a um a caterpillar painting was that a recent one oh yeah yeah that is more recent I like started doing bugs uh and specifically the caterpillar, because like, I think it was like, you know, locked down mm-hmm. and it was in the summer and I was like, you know, we're like caterpillars, we're going to like bloom. Yeah. So yeah. So I started like looking up caterpillars and like painting that one specifically. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm going to continue doing that. I don't know. It might be my new thing. Caterpillars and bugs? Cat- only caterpillars. I don't really yeah. like bugs. Uh-huh. Bugs are not my thing. I like maybe a cockroach. Like I thought about painting a cockroach to like mm-hmm. get over my extreme fear of cockroaches. Oh, really? You have extreme fear of it? Oh my God, it's bad. I'll like jump up on the table and scream. Whoa. Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that seems like a good, it would be cool to see you take that on and deal with the trauma of it or something yeah we'll see but definitely the caterpillar is maybe a butterfly Mm -hmm. seems like the next progression um but yeah I think the caterpillar was kind of like my uh spirit animal Mm -hmm. of 2020 Mm, yeah it's very um I feel like I read it in terms of like yeah like transformation and I was talking about yeah like thinking of this time as being my like chrysalis phase or something Uh (laughs) which made me feel better about it actually yeah I mean that's a really nice way to think about it yeah Um, yeah it's going to be really strange to emerge and like, I don't know about you, but like, there are people I haven't seen in like so long. Yeah, there's a lot of people I haven't seen. I mean, in a way, I feel like the podcast was an attempt to kind of piece together some semblance of community or something. And it has actually been helping a lot in terms of feeling more connected and stuff. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, yeah. Just to like, I mean, yeah, keeping up with people and seeing what they've been doing. 
Yeah, and I know I'll have at least one nice long art chat a week now, which is very, it's really nice. Yeah, that sounds lovely, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, you can feel free to steal that. <laughs> um, you were saying kind of that you feel like this year has been weird for working, like, because of that, or just, I mean, there's a lot, there's been a lot going on this year? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I think when, in March, when lockdown first started happening, I had just gotten back from LA because mm -hmm. I went to go tour schools because I was like figuring out what I was gonna accept for grad school. And so I like, I was in this very specific mentality and then I got back and then it was like straight into lockdown. And at first I was like, okay, this is great. I don't have to go to work. I'll have like time to like paint all day or like do whatever. And like, I'm gonna have all this studio time that I didn't have before. And it was just like the complete opposite for me. I just was so unmotivated. I was just like, reading the news constantly yeah um, and trying to buy a Nintendo Switch for hours a day I was just like refreshing <laughs> um and yeah I like completely stopped making anything for a while like at least two months if not more mm -hmm. and then I mean once the protests started happening I think I, that kind of brought some life back into me in a strange way because it was like I was also like really depressed but it also like made me want to make work mm -hmm. um and like that kind of got me going but it's been like and then I started doing the caterpillars um but it's been really weird it's like I had a whole phase of like like you know I'm not going to go to grad school until like obviously not this year I'm gonna have to wait like that's what I was thinking then I was just like is it even worth it to pursue this like art thing like there's so much at all you were thinking about whether it's worth it to pursue it at all yeah I mean I think I was just having like a really intense like what am I doing in this world right now like yeah it's like it was so intense you know you had like people dying from COVID and then you like seeing like more and more people like myself like people like me being killed for like no reason by police it's just like it literally is a never-ending thing and just like having that come to the forefront and then that occupying my mind on top of like COVID anxiety and then like the constant sirens and then the constant helicopters mm -hmm. and like I mean you were in New York it was like intense yeah uh, and that just like fully made me think like why why am I trying to like paint and draw mm. you know and it took a, a sec like I mean making like protest stuff definitely helped me feel better about it and like just like realizing that it is worthwhile to, and like it makes me feel better to like contribute these things but yeah it was I feel like a year of reckoning in some ways yeah I mean definitely I feel like it posed a lot of existential questions and there was like yeah it's not like we were just on vacation or something <laughs> like 
there was a lot of emotional weight kind of happening. Yeah. And like, I don't know about for you, but I didn't expect that. Like, I didn't realize how I would react. Like, I really at the beginning was like, oh man, I'm going to be like so happy and relaxed and just like drawing in my apartment. Like, like, like I had a really nice apartment and I like had a backyard and I was like, I'm like so ready for this staycation. And then it was just, it was like a weird like building, which, you know. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I had a sweet spot where I felt like it was kind of this blissful, like whatever, but I, but I feel like I also like, yeah, I had some really dark moments and like, I was, I definitely never felt like, I felt kind of like I was not going to push myself in any way. Like I did end up making stuff, but I didn't push myself to be like, this is my moment to like catch up on my career or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, and, totally. and it wasn't, and it wasn't that. Although I do, I do in some way, I feel like I did make a lot of drawings and I feel like I had a lot of time to think and read, which was very nice. Yeah. Some people were so productive. I think that also was like throw, like threw me off. Like just like some people were just like, like I'm making all this stuff now. And it's like whoa. Like, yeah, I don't. I mean, which is, I guess is cool if you can do it. But yeah, I don't know. Somehow I, I don't know. It, for me, it was partly like kind of going back to the caterpillar or the chrysalis. I was like, it helped. I feel like it was. The best part is that it kind of offered a chance to slow down and not feel a need to like produce constantly or at least, I mean, I still feel a need to make art, but I feel like my timeline of how quickly that progresses or the next like show happens, I feel a lot of space around that, which is kind of a new feeling. Yeah. Do you feel like this year has really made you realize that you have like so much more time than you think? Like just like the time frame of like what you should be doing in life? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I think I'm older than you. So maybe it doesn't feel this quite the same. But um, but I mean, at the same time, I think like I do feel more like everything kind of happens in the time it needs to now or like that giving oneself more time to let things develop is a really good thing. And like, yeah, like not not over committing myself, not not expecting myself to do 20 million things at the same time. Like I just don't and can't really do that anymore. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the lockdown in general has definitely made me slow down in a way that has been helpful. Yeah, like that's one thing I would like to keep kind of going, although I would enjoy having more social life on top of that also. (laughs) Yeah, I don't miss going to art openings. You don't? I've heard that. I've heard other artists say that. I'm like, I have mixed feelings. I, I miss seeing the people I see there. I kind of miss them, but I don't miss yeah. them being the whole center of my life, I would say. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I feel like I was getting bored that that was like my main social activity. And I would, I would go to like comedy shows and stuff and that would be so much more fun a lot of the time. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds funner than going to the comedy show. I miss having my own openings, selfishly. Like, I would rather have a real opening for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true artist. (laughs) Wait, what's your sign? Chorus. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to be a Leo for a second. But I like, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I pulled a, I'm into tarot and I pulled a um, queen of swords. And so I feel like I'm in my like bitch goddess energy this year or something. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> wow. Are you uh, a Leo? Or I'm a Leo, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was, I mean, I'm always excited to find another Leo, obviously. <laughs> Taurus is good too. Yeah, well, they're powerful. We're both like powerful creatures, <laughs> Earth, yeah. earthbound creatures. <laughs> yes, very earthbound. Mm-hmm. Is Taurus air or water? Is it earth? I think it's earth because it's a bull. Oh, okay. Yeah, although I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert on it, but I think I would guess it's earth, and I think it. Yeah, it's like associated with kind of like like sensuality and kind of comfort and food and like stuff like that (laughs) yeah you're supposed to like be really good at um making a home and like being a good partner yeah yeah like stability exactly yeah and stubborn is like the bad trait which I guess is true of me (laughs) yeah (laughs) um Oh, speaking of creatures, you sent me also a work titled Ellen Birkenblit, Tony the Tiger, and a Tranny. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which I liked a lot. And I was wondering, you said it was something you did after we had met with Ellen Birkenblit at the paint school. And I was just curious how, how that inspired it or if you've ever done other tigers and things. Um, yeah, I mean, it was completely inspired by our meeting. Um, I sent it because it was just a funny paint school. Yeah, that we share. Um, but I do that quite often. I'll like do little, um, like shout outs. Like, I think I, I mean, I made it because I enjoyed her work. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to copy her tiger and her pink. <laughs> in the drawing and then a tranny I don't know why I did a tranny I mean maybe it's me in the picture maybe I'm having a fantasy about Ellen Birkenville I don't know it's my off-the-cuff reading uh-huh. um, but yeah I mean I do like I I don't know why I do it I think I'm really into copying mm. as a way of um I don't know like copying something and that but like copying it in a way that like makes it mine yeah like maybe it's appropriation maybe it's not I don't know but like I do it often I'll like make um usually with drawings like I'll do it a lot in my daily drawing where I'll like go to a show or something and then I'll come home and I'll do a drawing and include some aspect of whatever I like about the work in my own work 
Yeah, I feel like I, I mean, it was interesting. I wouldn't have known it was inspired by her if you hadn't told me. Like, I think you seem to be good at digesting the influence and, yeah, making it something else. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't know that it's her tiger. Mm-hmm. But it's um, nice. It's kind of like having relationships with, like, people through that or that's, I don't know. That's how I think about, like, the influence of others or something. It's like you're in dialogue with her or something, even if she doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I've thought about uh, sending them to people. Mm, um, I bet they would like it. I don't know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but I also think it's something I do because I don't have formal training. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how you like draw from the masters or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think like by trying to imitate someone's style, yeah. I also like pick up what they're doing to make the image that they're making. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, yeah, it's a kind of um, apprenticeship or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, through copying. Mm-hmm. But there was, I made one uh, before, like I really knew much about Amy Silman. I like, someone like told me to look up Amy Silman and I like, Googled her. And this one image showed up and then I like made it into a drawing. And like in the drawing, I wrote like, hi, Amy. (laughs) And then I included it in um, my application to Bard. Whoa. And then I went to my Bard interview and this is like, at that point I had already actually met Amy Silman and so like but like she didn't know that I did this drawing yeah she was gonna be at the interview (laughs) and so it was like this weird awkward moment I mean I don't think she could read that it said hi Amy or if she could she didn't say anything but it was like a complete like weird abstracted copy of her drawing (laughs) that was awkward but it was fine I think that's cool. Like, it feels like you kind of manifested, uh, (laughs) like, knowing her or something. Like, in a way, you were kind of setting up a kind of friendship or something in the drawing. And and then... (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it could be, like, if you told her, that could be kind of, like, I don't know. It seems confident to be, like hey Amy what's up like like you were yeah. like obviously I'm going to meet you or something like yeah yeah I mean I should I should uh email her and see if she noticed mm-hmm. but, but yeah something I like to do that's cool <laughs> um well I think I've asked most of the questions but maybe just a kind of final thing is like is there anyone who's inspiring you right now or other things that are giving you pleasure during the current time? Um, and it doesn't have to be an artist. It could be like a show or music or movie. I mean, hiking right now is like a big part of my daily routine and that's inspiring me. It's like so mm-hmm. winter wonderland out here, which I haven't really experienced before um so that's been really a big one like quite substantial um but then I've been also just like looking through 
artist books in a way I haven't before and like reading essays, um, which has been nice. Yeah, I made a, like my small town, I made a, a sign to sell paintings. Oh, um, I saw that sign and I didn't know what it, I thought, I, yeah, I didn't know what the context was, but that's really cool. Yeah, so like, I mean, the, the only people that walk past my house are like these like older white women uh -huh. who are like doing like their exercise walk of the day. And so I put this sign out here. And so I guess they're an inspiration. I'm trying to get them to call me and buy some paintings. <laughs> what if you like preemptively make a painting of them like power walking and then they come Just in? So? Yeah. <laughs> I about that because like at the moment, I don't think I have anything they want to buy. It's all like sexualized or like abstract caterpillars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows what they get into. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But so that's an inspiration right now, like trying to make paintings for these women that are speed walking past my house. Yeah. I like that idea of having a really hyper specific audience in mind. <laughs> It's hyper specific here. It's like <laughs> I thought about like painting my dog. I think that they would probably like that. They compliment my dog whenever they see her. So that's some good market research. <laughs> yeah. Um, but other than that, I've been wanting to go back into the city to see the show at the Whitney Salmon Tour. Oh, yeah. You've heard about that show? Yeah, I've only seen his, I haven't been to it yet, but I have liked what I've seen of it online. Yeah, I've only seen images online, but I really like his painting style. And I feel like he's probably going to be the next person I copy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, I feel like it often seems like kind of these group situations that are like, elusive right now but it seems nice in that way to see the show it seems nice yeah I just really like his um his handling of the paint mm -hmm. um yeah I don't know I think that's that's all that comes to mind right off the top of my head okay besides Bridgerton that show <laughs> So Bridgerton, hiking, <laughs> what are the, any of the artist books that you've enjoyed the most? Um, I think probably I got the Mexican muralist book mm -hmm. um, called Vida Americana. It's actually over here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which I, I love Mexican muralists and their style and also, um, yeah, basically everything about the muralist. So that's been my number one book at the moment. And also James Inzor. I got one of his books. It's around here somewhere. Oh, yeah. Would you ever see yourself doing like mural sized work or mural work? I mean, yeah, I would love to do a mural sized work or like a huge fresco. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like I base a lot of my handling of the human figure off of like their shapes it'd be really nice to do a huge mural yeah that would be awesome